This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them. This podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is episode 20. What goes up has a few details. Last time, I explained the benefits of donating appreciated securities in kind rather than selling them and donating the proceeds. I realized a little later that there are a few details associated with those sorts of gifts that might be useful to know, so that's going to be the topic of this week's episode. We'll get to the privately held securities next week. First, this strategy really works the best when you have owned the security for at least a year. In other words, it's a long-term capital gain, not a short-term one. If you donate a short-term asset, then you actually only get to deduct the cost basis of the stock, not its current value. And there's usually some income tax due, so that's no good. Make sure you've owned the donated security for at least a year. Second, determining the charitable value of donated securities has a few rules, depending on the type of security. If you donate a stock or bond or an ETF, basically anything that has a price that fluctuates over the course of a trading day, then the charitable value of that gift is calculated using the average of the high and the low price of the security on that trading day. So if you donate a stock that traded between $8 and $10 on the day you donated it, then your gift value per share will be $9. On the other hand, if you donate shares in a mutual fund, then the gift value will be calculated based on the fund's closing price at the end of the trading day when you made the donation. And let me add a bit more on that valuation point. Those rules apply on the day you make the donation. What happens after that doesn't matter. What I mean is that if the charity doesn't sell the stock right away, subsequent changes in the price of the stock don't impact your charitable deduction. If the stock goes up, you don't get a larger deduction. But if it goes down, then you don't lose any, anything either. Third, gifts of appreciated securities are made electronically. If a donor is interested in making this sort of gift, then the donor and the charity need to coordinate to get transfer information for the char uh, from the charity's brokerage account to the donor, who will then need to pass the information on to his financial advisor. So there's a bit of a short episode today, but I did want to make sure to get this information to you. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at thesavvyphilanthropist.net. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes. And you can follow me on Twitter where I am at RossPlan. Lastly, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode 20. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll talk about appreciated securities again, but this time, I promise it'll be about the privately held kind. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.